I understand that some of you may be listening to this and your parents and you've like put all these rules and yep. you're thinking that those rules are going to really help shape them. I don't think it's the rules that shape them. I think it's your ability to have conversations with them mm -hmm. and to talk to them and to not make it a taboo. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. You yeah, all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Sometimes. How do you, I follow that if up? If you don't have a hype crew, you got to make your own hype, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, hype it up. What, well, listen, what? we are just getting back from a, I don't know, what felt like a 10-day vacation, dropping our daughter Kayla off in Scotland. And I got to tell you, we love Scotland. Yeah. And so do you feel like you have a what in the world from Scotland? Um, like, was there something that was so either bizarre or great about it that, or maybe America is like behind and, and, you know, they got to catch up to Scotland. I mean, a couple of things. I will say my what in the world was I was extremely surprised at how friendly the Scottish people were. Okay. Extremely okay. like friendly. At one point we were lost in kind of like the Times Square version in Scotland, very busy city. And we were just discussing like which way to go. Mm -hmm. And some random woman just stopped and was like, oh, you're looking for WH Smith. Right. This is where you go. Go down. She saved us yeah, 15 I mean, so minutes. She literally just overheard us yeah. and said, hey, let me help you. Yeah. Right? That happened so many times, though. Yeah. It's one of those people. I don't know if you ever I don't know who it was, but it's a comedian that says like people, people are so kind and you call the wrong number. Yeah, and it's keep Dave up. Chappelle. He's talking yeah. about white people. Yeah, he said, he said, you know, well, you know, if you can't find out who it is, hey, now, call, call me we'll back. We'll figure, we'll figure this, out, this out, together. out together. That was the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were amazing. It was I, refreshing I, I and it was kind and yeah. it was really heartening to know that like we left our child in a place where people were pleasant and just very helpful. I was really like, the police out there, which caught my eye, one, you didn't see a lot. Mm -hmm. Two, when you did, they were walking the streets. Mm -hmm. Three, they did not have weapons. Mm -hmm. They just had handcuffs and just like probably some mace or something. Right. And you didn't see a lot of craziness. You didn't see a lot. Of and so it's just one of those things where you just kind of say, wow, like, you know. What are we doing wrong in right, America? <laughs> right, right. Why do we have so many issues issues mm -hmm. and a lot of it is i think with weapons i think there's a thing like it's illegal to have a weapon in in scotland yeah have a gun or something i may be wrong on that but i believe that that is the case well but Google i think it. that that makes it safe i felt good because i felt like she's in a safe environment mm -hmm. and the community of glasgow was just one of those communities i was just like wow she's gonna be able to experience a lot here right so so today we're going to be talking to you about like our top five parenting tips. I wouldn't say these are the only tips we have, and I would not say that we are expert parents. I'm just going yes, to throw it out there. Expert parents. Well, exactly. I mean, I think yeah. we have been very conscious in our parenting, like yeah, thinking I, things through. <laughs> we've read books. We've 
taken advice. Right. We've definitely put a lot of thought into the type of individuals that we want to be responsible for shipping out into the world, which I won't say, I'll say, I don't know that a lot of parents do that. Well, what is the like finish line of saying like, here's my score as a parent and the rest is on them? Like, is it 20? Is it 25? Well, that's a really good question. Like, is my mom question. still responsible for her parenting of who I am right now? At 40? Yeah. Yeah. If you're a wife beater and your mom, <laughs> like, instilled that in you because you were around abuse, she's responsible for that. Okay. <laughs> but you don't beat me. That's lucky for me. So. But so you're saying, like, the lifetime of the person is a reflection of the parent? Sometimes. I mean, that's a, that's a where tall is this order. going, first no, of all? I'm just, no, I'm just saying that's like. I would say that we have been, like you said, been very conscious. We've wanted to be really good parents. We had an idea of like what type of life we wanted them mm -hmm. to have, what type of opportunities we want them to have. Mm -hmm. But when is our score, like when can we say when for this one and mm. then the rest is on them, right? I, I mean, mean, my thing's 18. Okay. At 18, like we've done all it. that we can. When you leave our home, you leave with all of the lessons that one, we've instilled in you and two, you've been willing to accept. Okay. And that's the caveat, right? Like we, your parents are always going to instill things in you. But at some point, part of adolescence is you think you know everything and you refuse to kind of accept lessons that your parents want to teach you. We usually say things like, okay, well, you want to learn the hard way, right? right? right. So when you want to learn things the hard way, I think at that point, life needs to teach you lessons that you are unwilling to accept from your parents. And then at that point, you just say, well, I did the best that I could. Yeah. And I think it's very rare that people learn the easy way. Like, I think mm -hmm. it's very rare as a parent, you say something to your kid once and they go, OK, I got right. it forever. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm like, it's never that way. It's right. like you got to say it over and over and then you got to embody it somehow mm -hmm. so that they really get it. So I think today's conversation is really about how you prepare them to go out into the world. And I right. think this was, you know, I don't know about you, but I, there was really good moments of reflection of just like all the things that good and bad that I felt like as a father, like to say, okay, is my daughter ready for this? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I think that, okay, if you're listening and you have young kids, here's what I'll say to you. I told my sister this, who's getting ready to have her second baby. She's got a child that's three, Aww. and then she's going to have a baby October 26th. So she'll have two kids, very young kids. And I told her, I know that it seems stressful, and I know that at times it's frustrating to have small children, right? But just know that these are the best years. Like they just yeah, are, you yeah. know, when they don't have independence, when they need you for everything, when they think that you're their best friend, when they listen to you, when they want to take a picture with you, when they don't mind matching you. Those are the best years. Yeah, you don't realize it when yeah, you're in it. You don't. But then as your kids become teenagers and they are more influential from their peers by their peers, when social media starts to make them kind of question or just, you know, it could be a number of things that become distractions and then just things change, right? Those years yeah. can be more difficult because you're not their hero anymore. You're not the one they run to for everything. You're not the one who knows everything. Like at that point, sometimes when your kids are teenagers, they think they know everything, right? So those yeah. years require a different type of parenting. And yeah, so I just told her, stay in the moment with wherever you're at with your kids because you got to make those the best years in every like kind of season. But I was explaining to her looking at where our kids are now, which is 20 years old, 18 and 16. 
Like you want to hurry up and rush through those young years because it's hard. Mm-hmm. And then you look back and you're like, God, I, I wish they were babies again. I think a part of that is because you, in many cases, not all, you are much younger. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're battling like you becoming a particular person at the same time as you're shaping a person. Mm-hmm. And I think as you get older, I think you get a little bit more an understanding of who you are. And so your identity is kind of in a good place, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I think a parenting is different. So I think that those dynamics created a little bit more difficult as a young parent. And I think as I think about it for myself, being a young parent, mm-hmm. like still trying to find out who the hell am I, right? right? Let alone as who is this person, mm-hmm. right? No, what do they need from me? What do they need from me? And they require so much attention that I can't give to myself mm-hmm. in a time where you probably need that attention to right. like, shape who you are. And so I think those things are some interesting dynamics. So I do think that, you know, Jess is going to be fine. She's well, gonna be, of course she's, she's going to be, be fine. Gonna be okay. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's going to be okay. I think my favorite is when they're teenagers. I think, and I, that's why I was saying things interesting because I think maybe mothers would agree with you, right? Because we do all like, the things. <laughs> I mean, that's like, when they started understanding English. That's when it became fun for me. Yeah, you didn't really <laughs> talk to them until they were eight or older. That is a, a myth in this family. Anyways, let's get into these parenting tips because I think you know if you're listening to this, you're looking for maybe some guidance or advice. And again, this is a disclaimer. There will be something that our kids blame on us that wind, they wind up in counseling for. And that will have been. Yeah. Everybody, I think when you become an adult, you wish your parents would have done something different. Mm-hmm. And I can just tell you from experience that every parent I know has like done the best that they can yeah. with the information that they have. They've done the best that they can to possibly to provide for you, to love you, to instill the values that you need. But sometimes, oftentimes, parents come up short. I think that's important. So we're no exception. I'm glad you said that because I know we're going to get into some things that are going to be helpful. But I also think that there are people who are listening right now that are still blaming their parents Mm -hmm. for certain things. And years and years and years have passed. Right. And I will tell you is that Janelle's right. Like, you only have what's available to you. Right. Right. And if you're a parent, a young parent, an older parent, it doesn't matter there are certain things that you know to be true and you pass that along. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes on, we're in a place of information age where our kids will look at it and say, you gave me the wrong information. Right. Well, back then I didn't have Google, right? right? Back then I didn't have social mm-hmm. media. Back then I didn't have all of these resources you have. So of course you're going to look at it and say, yeah, I gave you the wrong I information. Mean, <laughs> I was 40 when I found, you know, personal development books that were written in the 50s. And right, I was like, why right. the hell didn't my parents give me this? They, they, didn't, have they didn't have access to right, it, right. you know? So they weren't going to personal development seminars in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And they didn't have that information or knowledge to pass on to us. So I can't be mad at them for things that they didn't know. And right. I think that applies to every generation, every set of parents. And so that's kind of just throwing that out there. But right, for sure. today's episode is really about like you've raised your kids to get to a point of potentially like what do you do now after 18, after you leave the home? And so I want to get into point number one, which is preparation. So when I say preparation, like you've got to prepare that at some point your kids are going to leave your nest. Mm. And so often, I mean, it sounds kind of trivial, but so often I feel like I'm talking to parents and they're like, God, it's like right around the corner and I haven't taught them how to cook and I haven't taught them 
how to do their own laundry and I haven't taught them how to be independent. And I'm just like, it's not a surprise. Like usually around 18, after your kids graduate, you know that they're going to be starting some sort of life or new chapter with a little more independence. Well, you know, it's funny when you said that I was thinking about like what we talk to our business owners, uh, students about. And it's like a lot of times they're so busy being in the business, they're not working on the business. Mm -hmm. And it's the same for parenting. Sometimes you're so in the moment of being a parent that you're doing all these things. You're trying to serve your kids. You're trying to make sure they're well taken care of. But at the same time, you're not working on the fact that, oh, wow, I got to be a leader and look at, okay, four years down the line, what will they need? Right. Three years down the line, what will they need? And I'm not saying like what materialistic things, like what kind of mindset, what kind of things that are they going to need to be prepared for? Because you can't take on all their battles. Right. Right. And we, you know, talked about that when we were dropping Kayla off, like we were trying to prepare her with strategies when she comes up against obstacles. Right. She's going to come up against things that are going to challenge her. And does she have the right mindset? Does she have the right thinking and how to think about problems in order to get through them when she's by herself? Right. So preparation, you know, that's a lot of things like prepare yourself to release them. Yeah. Prepare your kids for heartbreak. Prepare them with some sort of strategy for overcoming setbacks or letdowns. And I think that those are important things that, again, we we were trying to kind of have some last minute conversations with Kayla when we were in Scotland and you asked her, what's your strategy for dealing with stress? Right. And she was like, well, I don't understand. And, you know, the thing is, is most adults can't answer that. Right. Well, I don't have a strategy. I just don't like stress. (laughs) You know, Okay. so then the question is, well, what is your natural reaction when you're faced with stress? Well, I am anxiety ridden. I get depressed. I get overwhelmed. I start to lash out at people like, you know, what your kind of go to is. That is your unconscious strategy. Right. So we were asking her to think about what your strategy is going to be when these things come up, because they will come up. Right. Yeah. And then she was able to kind of walk through, Okay, well, I think that I should focus on what I can control and release what I can't. Great. That's a great, solid strategy. And what I loved about what she said that is she's like, and and you guys taught me that. Yeah. Like, and it was one of those things where you go, oh, she She was paying attention. Yeah. Right. And it found its way to her subconscious because Mm -hmm. that was her first response. And yeah. then she said, I'm just going to focus. And, you know, and we've seen that with her. Yeah. Like she handles things and, she, and everybody has an emotional moment. And what we explained to her is that how do you shorten that? So yeah. even for those that are listening to this right now, it's not just for your kids. Maybe it's for you, too. Right. But how do you shorten the distance between the moment that something happens that you did not want that's unfavorable to now i got to start taking action to make a difference or mm-hmm. change so I can make progress for this problem? Right. And so I think that she having that conversation and letting her know that it was so it made me feel good. Like, okay, she's good. Right. That's the biggest thing. Do you have the right strategy when a problem hits? Also, you know, we're talking to Jasmine, who's also leaving for college this week. We've got two that are leaving in the same week. And, you know, we asked her the same thing. Like, what is your mental strategy for overcoming stress? And for her, it's like, emotions, you know that your emotions are going to arise. Sometimes they're going to get the best of you. You know, you're going to be really emotional. And my challenge was, well, ask yourself what level of emotion is required. You know, Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is a huge disappointment. I'm upset. But before I start crying, let me ask myself what level of emotion is required for this particular problem. 
if it's a level three out of 10, then maybe don't lose your shit and cry all day, right? And there are certain things that are going to feel like a level 10 in the moment, but really they're a five, you know? And so for some of you listening, again, it may not be for your kids, maybe for you. When problems come up, you need to ask yourself, one, what's my strategy? Because problems will find you. That's part of life, right? Right. So if your go-to strategy is to overreact and panic and be a mess, then maybe the second question is more applicable to you. And that is, what level from a zero to 10 is required and what level do you often go to? Some of you go to level 12 for a level three issue. Yeah, and that's so important because I think what people need to understand is that everybody has a strategy. Some people have really good strategies. Some people have really bad unconscious strategies. And that's what Janelle's referring to. It's like the unconscious emotion is a strategy to deal with letdown, Mm -hmm. things that are upsetting, but they don't have to be, right? right? And and what we're saying is is prepare your kids and even prepare yourself and Mm -hmm. say, okay, what will be the strategy if you run into a problem? And it does not matter the circumstances. And that's the one of the things we talked to Kayla about is it doesn't matter what the problem is. You use the same strategy to get through it. Right. And she like really outlined how she's going to think about those things. And she'll be put to the test at some point. But I do think you have to. I don't think that question, if people are listening, they're being honest, they have never asked their kids that question. Right. Right. And I think that you need to do that. You can even ask yourself that question. And then you need to work that through with them. And say, and then maybe do some hypotheticals, right? Maybe they have a car. What do you get a flat tire? Right. What are you going to do, right? What happens if somebody hits your car? What are you going to do? Yep. And it's not like you're putting things in the universe, but you're kind of doing some fear settings, so that, that, like preparing them, yeah. right? And so I think that's important. I had a girlfriend tell me when her kids were getting ready to go to college, I was like, oh my God, you know, my kids want to go to another country. And she goes, oh my God, would you let them? And I was like, let them? Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to release them. And she goes, oh No. I'm not letting my kid move to New York. What if she gets a flat tire or something? And I said, uh, then she calls AAA just like (laughs) she would if she didn't live in your house. You know, if she lived down the street from you, she should call AAA. And she goes, no, I want her to call me. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to swoop in and be the savior for all of my kids' problems. And so I think that's an important thing is like understand. We're going to get into that in a second. Like understand that you can't control all of that. But if you look at your own life, if you look at your own life and you say, okay, there were things that happened that I did not handle well. Mm-hmm. Well, could you imagine like, and you had to figure it out, mm-hmm. right? Your kids are going to be in the same situation, but could you imagine that you didn't allow them to have those scenarios? Yeah. You never let them figure you anything out. You never had to let them figure things out. Like how successful is their life going to be? Well, I will say that I often feel like we've robbed our kids of very important lessons. You know, we both have talked very much about like we didn't come from an abundance of wealth. We didn't come from your parents said yes to everything that you wanted, right? We had to work hard. We moved out early. We had to, there was a bit of survival that was required. Our kids have not had to go through survival. They haven't had a life that they had to, you know, at 16 years old and go get a job and like earn money just to buy clothes or help with the household. And so I think some of that that we went through, we weren't able to instill in them because we overprovided for them, not in a way that they're spoiled but in a way where maybe they didn't experience as, as much adversity as we did. So they don't have that survival mentality and they don't have that kind of street smarts, if you will. Yeah. And I think the question is, is that even required for right. them? Because when you think about like 
people that come from uh, affluent mm-hmm. you know, uh, communities or even families, they're not thinking about survival. Right. They're thinking about abundance. They're right. thinking about more. They're thinking about how I take this platform or this place that I'm at right now and how do I even, how do I take more advantage of it? And so I think that that may, and I hope that that is their mindset because mm-hmm. of the fact that we've given them a little bit of a different starting yeah. point than where we started. Because we talked about this. I struggled with survival mentality mm-hmm. of like, just trying to make enough. And then I know that people who come from money, you know, in a lot of cases don't. They think about money in a different way. They think about how it's a tool and and, and their parents use it as a tool. And so I, I hope that they gather some of that and they don't need to be, because if they go backwards, then it's going to be a struggle because yeah. they they're not going to have that wherewithal of how to survive. Well, it's not just about survival and street smarts. It's about basic things. Right. Like, for example, we didn't have the opportunity to play a ton of sports or have a lot of extracurricular things happening because our parents were on fixed incomes, right? We have provided an ample amount of extracurricular activities for our kids to engage in. So then that meant less time for chores, right? Mm -hmm. And so it could be many things. And I do think that every parent wants to give their kids more than they had. And so just, I don't know, just something to be aware of. You don't want to rob them of lessons that you had the opportunity of learning And so it's something to kind of weigh. And we tried to not say yes to everything that they wanted, which was great. But there's to be something you overcompensate for, I think is what I'm saying. Right. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So moving on to number two, the big question is like, what do you expose them to? Like, when is it too young? Like, are they too young to be having conversations about sex or alcohol or drugs or things like that? And I think we have an opinion on that because certain things can become taboo and then your kids don't want to talk to you about them or maybe they gravitate more towards them because they're not allowed in your house. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. We didn't have a lot of rules right? because we wanted to just have open communication and discussions about things. So we didn't say things like, you know, well, you can't have a boyfriend until you're 17 and you can't go out with your friends to a party until you're 18 and you can't go... There wasn't a lot of you can't. It was you come to us, you talk to us, you're honest with us, and we'll figure it out. And what ended up happening is they didn't get a boyfriend until 16, 17 years old. Not even. Right. I mean, not, yeah. Not, yeah. And so, and then what also happens, they didn't really drink until they were 20 years old. And so right. it's like, I've always felt that just in my own life, the folks, the kids that I used to interact with that had the most restrictions were there ones that were like the really craziest. out yeah. there pushing it. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that some of you may be listening to this and your parents and you like put all these rules and yep. you're thinking that those rules are going to really help shape them. I don't think it's the rules that shape them. I think it's your ability to have conversations with them mm-hmm. and to talk to them and to not make it a taboo. Because I right. think when you make it a taboo and you make it this mysterious, this thing like, hey, a boyfriend is this thing you cannot have. And I would tell you that you led the charge when it came to talking about sex because that, you know, as mm-hmm. a father, that was really hard. Right. right. And I think that you started when they hit junior high school, mm-hmm. you started talking about like things that, that most made them people uncomfortable. Would be ta- mm-hmm. like taboo or don't even want to mention it. Right. Cover your eyes when you watch this mm-hmm. movie. And like all those things, I think you expose them to. And so now it's like, oh, OK, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that happen. It wasn't a big deal. Right. And I I was having conversations with them about abortion and like protecting your body and things that 
maybe people would be afraid to have, but I didn't want any of that to be a mystery. Right. You know, I wanted them at a very, very young age. When we talked about them spending the night at someone else's house, I would be very explicit about, let me talk to you about your private parts. Like no one under any circumstances is to ever touch you and make you feel uncomfortable. I don't care if it's your friend's dad, uncle, cousin, if it's your father. Like right. I was very explicit right. about that stuff. And so they were just like, oh, okay. Like it yeah. wasn't something taboo. Right. So yeah, I definitely think you should be talking to your kids about important, uncomfortable things because they need to be exposed to those topics in your household while you have a chance to kind of work through some of those things. And so alcohol is one of those things like we've said, you know, hey, it's Thanksgiving, have a glass of wine. How does this make you feel? Like we don't want you to feel awkward about drinking in front of your parents. We also don't want you to be luscious like with your high school friends when you're not in our home. So if you're curious, like let's have a drink together, you right. know? And, and, then, and it was interesting is when we would have a drink with them, we would talk about drinking, mm -hmm, right? right? We would talk about like, so do you feel anything, mm -hmm. right? Or we've even had conversations where we talked about, here's what happens when you take shots, mm -hmm. right? If you take a shot and we're explaining how you may not know how drunk you are right. until 10, 15 minutes later. Mm -hmm. And now the whole world is spending. Right. Right. And so. And don't be the crazy girl at the party right. who's doing it out of peer pressure that winds up drunk in the corner, gets taken advantage of. And now there's bigger issues. Right. So we've talked about all of those and things. We talked about the fact that when someone brings you a drink, don't mm -hmm. drink it. You They're going to roofie know. you. It never, what, I said, <laughs> unless you see the bartender make the drink. Yep. Don't have someone getting a drink for yeah. you. You go with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Those types of things. By your own drinks. Maybe we're just kind of crazy, but those are the things that we say, that's what you got to be looking out for. Right. And it's okay to be like, nah, I'm going to go with you to get that drink. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm, it's okay. You don't have to bring me that. Right. Because you just never know. Yep. Moving on. Number three. So is it right of you to push your kids to leave your home? I no. talked to my sister Richland today about this who didn't leave the home. Mm -hmm. Right. And she brought something up interesting. She said, mom always talked to Jared, my brother, about going away to college. And like, mm. it was always mandatory for him to like pursue college, she said, but she never really talked to me about it. And I don't know if it was because she knew that I was a homebody and she knew that I wasn't really interested in school. And she knew that. So maybe she knew her better than she knew herself, but she said she never pushed me to do it. She said, and I remember some of my friends talking about like, oh, I'm going to be going away to college and it's a four year and this and that. And Richland was like, hell no, I'm not doing that shit. And so I asked her, I said, I wonder if she would have made it a non-negotiable, if she would have said, well, of course you're going to pursue education. Of course you're going to continue. Of course you're going to leave the house. Of course. She goes, yeah, I don't think I would have been down for that. Yeah. And so the question is, is like, should you push them to leave? Some kids are more homebody-ish. Yeah. And what's interesting is that we started that conversation when the kids were really young. Mm -hmm. And we all, I remember being in a car saying, we want you guys to leave, experience mm -hmm. life, go study abroad, right. you know, go to New York, go to D.C., mm -hmm. go to these different places and learn so that you get exposed to different ways that people live mm -hmm. and you get exposed to different people. There's more to life than just our city right. where you have grown up and what you have yeah. known your whole entire and they, life. And for the, right now, they've taken us up on it. Yeah. I mean, Jasmine didn't go far, but she did leave. Right. <laughs> but Kayla took it to a whole nother level. And right. She said, I'm going to go across the country. I'm going to go no, across, across the, the world. world, not the country. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's the tip is you should definitely prepare them for being exposed 
to things outside of what they have known their whole lives. Yeah. And I think it's so important, though, like back to my friend that's like, oh, no, I don't want them to go far because then I won't be able to go and rescue them. (laughs) It is. It's a little selfish because like it's like you chose this place to start a family, but there is a whole world out there that your kids need to be exposed to. Yeah. And so, I mean, we've talked about that in our podcast about travel, the importance of gaining exposure and having more empathy or seeing how other people live and being exposed to other cultures. And and I just think that that's powerful. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think about it like this. I see certain people and those that are like really, really religious, and that's nothing wrong with that. But I also see them not expose themselves to things because they don't want to be tempted. Mm-hmm. And then I go, well, what's the point of being in faith if you like don't even want to get close to being temptations, right? right. And what I mean by that is like, you got to put your kids in situations where you got to see what they're made of. Yeah. And they're going to make some mistakes and they're going to you know fall on their face, but they're going to learn and they're going to be more well-rounded. They're going to shape their identity in these situations instead of it being a situation where like you keep them in this bubble because you're trying to keep them safe, not knowing that you're disabling them for the things that they can accomplish in life. So to me, that's a big, big deal. It's like pushing them away, pushing them out into the world, because I think that that's where they're going to find out like what they really love, what they're really into, what draws their attention. Like all those different things come from exposure. When it happens, as I've seen it, people come back and they're just different individuals. Yeah. My sister said, you know, like she didn't want to go anywhere because she didn't have a passion and she didn't really know what she wanted to do. And I said, well, the thing is, is like, would it have been different if as a parent, I told you how important it was to just pursue your education and pursue your learning because being in another environment was going to bring new opportunities and ideas and inspiration to you so that you could have found your passion earlier, right? Right. And so instead, staying at home in your comfortable community that you're familiar with and the same routine with your family, that's going to take a little bit longer for opportunities to find you. Yeah. Make sense? Makes sense. Okay. Number four, be clear about, I think, when you're saying goodbye to your kid or preparing to let them go, I think you need to be clear about what this next chapter is going to look like for both of you. Like, be clear on what you need from each other. So- One of Kayla's friends that also moved to Scotland, her name's Imani, her mom's name's Allison. Shout out to you guys. We got to spend some time with them because obviously we're both moving our kids overseas. And I said, Allison, like, let me come in. She's a single mom saying goodbye to her daughter. I can imagine how hard that's going to be. We have quite a few friends that have done that recently. And so I said, let me take a picture of you and your daughter and in your dorm before you guys say goodbye and let's go do it. So we went in there and after I took the photos, I said, let me ask you a question. What do you need from your daughter? And Imani, what do you need from your mom? Mm. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, what do you need her to know? Like Imani, what do you need her to know about her leaving you here in Scotland and you starting this new chapter? And she went on and on about, mom, I want you to find yourself. I want you to find what makes you happy. You've spent your whole life, make my whole life, making sure I had everything I needed. And you have sacrificed so much for me. And now you don't have to do that anymore. Like you get to focus on yourself. I have chills just talking about it. And I was sobbing like just as much as her mom, because it was so transformative to watch this young woman now tell her mom, I'm handing the reins back to you. 
And so take control of your life and your happiness and get a hobby and like do all of these things. Like don't let your world revolve around me anymore. I'm releasing you of that. Mm. And it was just so beautiful. That is beautiful. And so she cried. I cried. It was a big moment. And then I asked Allison, like, what do you need from your daughter? What do you need her to know in this season? And she said, I want you to know that I know you're going to be okay. Like, yeah. you know, I'm confident. And so she gave her the permission to be a young woman and go explore and be adventurous and like not worry about her. And I felt like it was so powerful because especially if you're a single parent releasing your kids, I know that it can be very difficult to like figure out what your life's going to look like without your kid. But you also don't want to pass on that baggage to them. Like they don't want, they already feel the burden of, oh my God, my parents going to be lonely when I leave. And so you got to try to release that for them because you don't want them studying abroad or studying wherever they're going, but worried about you. You shouldn't be their concern, right? Your job as a parent, I think, is to prepare them to be able to go not prepare them to carry the burden of, oh my God, my mom's going to crumble without me now. Right. And so I think that that's a huge part in like the preparation that's required to let your kids go. Yeah. And I think that part of that, um, like releasing is not giving them the baggage, but I do think that there is a moment where you give them the responsibility. Mm. And, and, And I told Kayla this, I gave her a hug and I said, here's the thing. You have to remember what got you here. Yep. And I said, what got you here? And she said, hard work. And I said, yeah, hard work and discipline and focus. I said, so in order for you to succeed here, you must not forget what got you here. Right. Right. Because that's going to be your recipe to continue to get more success. And obviously, you're going to have to evolve and change and use different things in order to be successful. But that's so important. And then I also said... But you're not here by accident. Yeah. Like we sacrificed a ton mm-hmm. for you to be here. Yeah. Financially, with our time. Yeah. Like this is an investment in you. Yeah. Right. And so this is your responsibility to hold. And she looked at me. She goes, I know. I know. This, mm-hmm. and like I can see in her eyes that she's like, I'm not taking this for granted. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to piss this away. Yeah. Right. So. Those are things I think that you, there's a balance there. There's like release the baggage of worry and concern, but also say, now here's your responsibility. Yeah. And, you know, what was funny was she sent a video to us the day after we left her and she said, shout out to my parents. Just want to thank you for these wonderful knives. And she's just doing a video and she's like, look how easy they cut my peppers and onions. And like these knives are amazing. They're so sharp. And she's making her first meal as an adult in her kitchen. And then she says, you know, and I've made a complete mess of my kitchen and I got to figure out how to cook and be a little cleaner. And I was so happy that she destroyed her kitchen and now she has to be responsible for cleaning it because, you know, that's an issue when you're at your parents' house. They're always bitching at you for something. And I was always bitching about you messing up my kitchen. So It just brought me so much like happiness to see that she was appreciative of something so small. But now she's just like, okay, this knife is really magical and it's going to help me make great meals for myself. So I loved that. And then I think the last thing, number five, would be you got to offer guidance for your kids as you release them, but it's not your responsibility to fix things anymore, Mm. right? So what I mean by that is they're going to call you and they're going to complain about a roommate. 
you don't need to call the dean of admissions and try to get them a new roommate. They're going to call you and talk about, I don't know, how one of their professors is rude or shows up late or doesn't pay attention to them. That's not your responsibility to like swoop in and try to fix. It's your responsibility to listen and provide guidance and teach them how to advocate for themselves. Right. And so I think that's the biggest thing is like coming to an end with this episode and coming to an end with getting ready to, you know, let the second kid go is like, it's going to be your responsibility to stand up for yourself, to fight your own battles, to advocate for yourself. Obviously, we're always here, but we're here now in a different capacity, not to save you, but to provide guidance, right? Yeah. And that was funny because that was something my mom always told me. She goes, my job now is just to give you guidance. Mm -hmm. Like my job now is you want to learn the hard way. I just kind of go, okay, right. that's what you're going to do. And I think that that's hard, right? right? Because I'm not good at you're, that. You're watching your kids and you're going, uh, you're going to fall. Yeah. You're going to fall. You're yep. going to fall. Right. And you're like, okay, let me just tell you, okay, stop doing that. You're going to fall. Right. right? And you want to jump in and you want to grab them. But now you're in this place where you say, hey, if you do that, you might fall, but mm -hmm. you know, it's your decision. Right. And then you're watching them fall and you go, yeah, okay. So now how are you going to dust yourself off? Right. But I do think that that's a difficult thing, but it's a necessary thing. And here's the big thing. Once they fix their own problem, you talk about confidence, you mm. talk about self-esteem. Yeah. Those are the things that build, right? But if you're constantly stepping in and you're fixing the problem, you're not allowing them to get the self-efficacy mm -hmm. that they are capable, that they can get things done. Yeah. And that is the things that I think that, that we see today in our society with a lot of people where they struggle with confidence, they struggle with self-esteem, they struggle with a lot of mental ailments because of the fact that Somebody stepped in and fixed their problem, but now they're up against a problem. There's no one available right. and they feel like the world is, is shattering. They feel like the world is crumbling around them. But in reality, it's not. In reality, mm -hmm. this is a moment where you can see what you're made of. And I can't wait to see what our kids are made of and, and, and how they handle things. And I know it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard watching them go mm -hmm. through painful moments. But those are the things that make you who you are. They and I think you. if you're a really good guide, you can really say, okay, that was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. That's part of life. That's natural. Okay, what are you going to do next? Mm -hmm. How will you, What questions will you ask them to get them to stimulate themselves? How will you get them to really see that, hey, you know, you, you did okay. Mm -hmm. Like you made it. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. So I hope this episode served you. Obviously, we have a million other parenting tips that we could share, but I'd love to hear from you. If there is a parenting tip that you have that you want to share, please take 30 seconds to type it up, leave it in a review on the Push Podcast, DM us on Instagram. Just let us know what your parenting tips are because I'd love to put a list together and maybe make a blog out of it. Absolutely. Um, but those are our, kind of our top five for right now where we're at with our kids. And again, I hope this if, episode was helpful. Yeah. And if you're listening to iTunes, make sure you subscribe to the Push Podcast mm -hmm. uh, with all the changes with uh, iPhones and stuff like that. Make sure you subscribe. That is the new way you don't follow or you just subscribe to the podcast and you'll get our alerts and notifications with a new episode. And there's a new episode every Tuesday. So we will see you guys next Tuesday. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.